Women in STEM, student nonprofit organizations, and mentoring other aspiring activists. In this week's episode, I talked with Stephanie from Superposition and Ad Astra Youth about her experience with all three of these things and more. Let's jump in. Welcome, Stephanie. Why don't we start out by having you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you. My name is Stephanie Sue. I'm a rising high school senior in the Bay Area. I'm 17 years old and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you so much for being here today. So to start, could you give a brief overview of the organizations that you run? And I understand that you have two of them, Superposition and Ad Astra Youth. So could you tell us a little bit about both of those and what you do for them? For sure. So with Superposition, we're an international nonprofit bridging the gender gap in STEM. Our mission is to empower young women in STEM by creating educational opportunities and supportive spaces for developing their passions. For the past four years, we've hosted the Bay Area's largest all-women and non-binary hackathon, but starting in March, we expanded beyond a 24-hour hackathon to provide year-round opportunities for a community, like a webinar series, a mentorship program, and a chapter program. I actually didn't found Superposition. I took over as lead director after our previous two lead directors, and I took over in August of 2019, so I've been lead director since. As for my other organization, Ad Astra Youth, we're a nonprofit empowering youth to reach for the stars by fostering student initiatives through services like consultations, mentorship, and events. This was founded more recently, and I think May 2020, so it's relatively new, but we've made a lot of great progress. Great, and what made you start the organization itself? The idea for Ad Astra actually began, began in a LinkedIn post. I just opened up my calendar to any students who want to discuss founding nonprofits, expanding their organizations, venting about life, anything in general. And after talking to around 20 students, I realized that I had a lot of value that I could bring to other people and that my experiences could help others elevate their ideas to initiatives. So I discovered the solution to a problem that I didn't even know existed, which is that many students want to start an initiative, they want to create impact in the community, but they have no idea where to start. So we founded Ad Astra, my partner and I, in order to give students that kind of guidance they need so that they can help impact their community without necessarily having to start entirely from scratch. Yeah, and especially because you've had so much experience with running organizations in the first place, so you're kind of giving back with your new organization. I really like that. So um, I guess when you start an organization, like what did you see as the biggest struggle when first starting out? Since I did have a lot of nonprofit experience to begin with leading superposition, the logistical side wasn't hard, but what I discovered that the biggest struggle was just keeping myself accountable. Because when it comes to running nonprofits, if you are the lead director, nobody's necessarily holding you accountable because you're creating your own deadlines. Whereas for a school, your homework has deadlines set by other people. So in the beginning of the Ad Astra, I was super excited about it. And of course, that excitement died down after the first few weeks. So I was struggling to force myself to meet deadlines, put our content out, plan out all of our services. But eventually we got the ball rolling and everything's been pretty smooth sailing since. Yeah, I've definitely felt that as well. Like I, my organization like was started almost a year ago now in October last year. 
And it took me a while to really get myself going and hold myself accountable for actually getting things done instead of just like writing down all these ideas and having meetings and then not following up on them like over and over. So I totally understand that. And like, you've gotten on the ground now and I've like seen how your organization's grown too. So that's great. So Mm -hmm. when we think more about like what it's like to be a, first of all, running a nonprofit that centers around women in STEM where women are really underrepresented, has your have you pitched your idea to people before about your nonprofit and had that just like not be taken seriously because you're a woman or because of your mission's overall goal? In terms of pitching our nonprofit, we usually send out cold emails to companies asking them to sponsor. And something that many tech companies and just companies in the Bay Area have noticed is that there is a huge gender gap within their employees. So when pitching to companies, everybody understood that there is a gender gap in STEM and nobody didn't take a serious, nobody like doubted our credibility as a result of us being women. However, the biggest opposition I've actually faced was from other students, particularly guys in tech, where they felt like women already have equality and the wage gap has been debunked already and a lot of people don't think we need equal representation as long as there's quote-unquote equal opportunity. So uh, in terms of not being taken seriously, that has been the most frustrating part, but we've made sure to foster dialogue about these topics instead of shutting out dissenting opinions. Yeah, for sure, and it's also really I know that's something I used to hate when I would get talked down to or someone would be kind of condescending as if they were like explaining my own issues to me. And something that I've been trying to work on more with my organization and empowering girls like in careers and leadership is I'm trying to get my following and my people who interact with my organization. um, Like I want more of a gender balance in there because my audience and participants are largely female. But the issue that I run into is that a lot of guys who want to be involved will try like something out and then they'll they'll go and they'll be like I don't really see this as a problem so I don't think it's necessary so I'm gonna stop and then you know you don't want to just like you want to like make them understand the problem but you have to get them to listen in the first place and that's definitely a problem that I've I can definitely agree that I've also faced along the way um yeah so then like when you think about I guess, you know, being a woman that's leading this whole organization, has there been an instance where you felt that being a woman is like the reason that, it doesn't even have to necessarily be because of your organization, it could be any time in life, but was the reason that you didn't get an opportunity? In terms of opportunities, I think I've never felt discriminated against, even though I wouldn't know if it happened in the first place. However, my experience with discrimination hasn't been as outright, but I felt it in the debate space when I've competed in rounds against guys who usually have deeper voices than me or they tower over me. And I feel like I have so much more work to do in terms of proving my credibility, proving my point, simply because I look physically inferior or I might have a higher pitched voice. So sometimes I do think I lose rounds because I am a woman and I might be a little bit more high pitched and judges might not take as nicely to that. Yeah. And like the way that most people, and I'm sure you like go about it is by, you know, making yourself sound masculine, as you said, do you wish that, I guess we all wish that that wasn't the case, but 
do you see any like other way for you to succeed or do you always feel like that's how to succeed like making yourself sound more masculine is the only way in terms of credibility i think a lot of it does have to do with the way i present so my fluency and the content that i'm presenting but i also feel myself consciously lowering my voice in places where I need to be more serious, like the classroom or in the debate room, because it just makes me seem a lot more authoritative. And I realize that's kind of an implicit bias I hold as well, that when I hear people with high-pitched voices, it sounds a lot less credible than people with lower voices. I think that's just one thing that comes naturally, and I don't think that's something that can be like unlearned or untrained. So that might be something that we just have to deal with. Yeah, for sure, I agree. And like definitely also experienced that kind of thing. Um, and I was talking to you the other week and we were on a panel together and we were talking about what it's like to be a youth-led, woman-led organization and how a lot of our missions are pretty common and there's a lot of like obstacles that we face partly because there's so many of us doing similar missions, but also because there's this kind of like need to um, justify it or not even justify like credit what you're doing with material successes and that kind of gets in the way of collaboration and and working together with other organizations have you ever felt like some kind of I don't know like either competition or like, copying or like steal not even stealing ideas but just things being a little too similar and competitive and toxic in the environment of youth activism for sure. This is something that I've noticed in student NPOs is that copying or Im cl close imitation is rampant. And I see ideas being used from one organization to the next, or people interviewing for one organization and turning around and creating one exactly like it. And I feel like that's one of the biggest flaws of the student nonprofit community, that the ultimate goal may not necessarily be to help the community. That could be just seen as a side effect where the real cause is some sort of validation or something to put on your resume. And that is one problem that I've seen all around. I've also experienced this with superposition as well. I have seen other organizations blatantly steal the words and the messaging I use for superposition and try to market it as their own. Moreover, I've seen a lot of organizations putting on extremely similar events in a very similar time frame to me. And though I'm not going to immediately say it was copying, because I truly believe that almost no idea is original anymore. It's really offensive when you see organizations similar to yours taking your ideas instead of choosing to collaborate on them. And I also know that I'm not alone in this because on that same panel, uh, one of the other organizations that was speaking talked about how there was one social entrepreneur who was fairly well known and he just DM'd them asking them a lot of questions about exactly what they did and several weeks later, he rebranded his organization to look exactly like it. So unfortunately, this is probably uh, this is a problem that exists, and there's very little way to keep people accountable. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, like, you know, we like to think that everyone around us is doing what they're doing purely for the cause and not for some kind of, like, self-benefit. And it's disheartening to see that sometimes. And I'm glad that we kind of were able to build a sort of community through that panel the other week and like other sorts of collaborations to kind of encourage you know true activism and less resume padding if that makes sense and mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're able to like have these conversations openly now and I'm hoping like people who listen are gonna pick up a little bit on how prevalent it is and how 
we don't want the reputation of student-led organizations to get ruined as if like we don't actually care and we're just stealing from each other and trying to look good you know mm-hmm. for sure so you know a lot of people care about issues and they want to make a difference in the world and they're going to run into a lot of similar problems to what we've just talked about so what kind of advice do you have especially for like young girls who want to lead organizations and found their own if they're put in situations like this if you're put in the situation in which somebody else is copying you it can feel extremely uncomfortable and the organization that i've seen copying us um, i'm not going to say publicly or I won't go out publicly and say what that organization is, simply because there's a lot of PR that gets involved. And if you speak up calling somebody else out, usually the blame falls back on you for some reason, and it hurts your public relations. So for imitation, I would recommend trying to settle it privately if possible. Message the organization in question, and sometimes even if they don't admit to being wrong, they will still make changes. So don't be afraid to claim your work and go out and stand stand up for yourself. Because if you don't stand up for yourself, nobody else will. Exactly. And I guess I kind of want to learn more about the organizations that you run. So Superposition, it's like you guys had these huge hackathons. And like what other initiatives are you working on right now that are, you know, related to girls and STEM and all of that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we did start off as the Bay Area's largest all-women and non-binary hackathon. But back in December, a couple of months before Superposition 4, our fourth hackathon, I thought to myself, female empowerment doesn't stop after 24 hours, and neither should Superposition. I realized that all the work I was putting into Superposition, that would only last for the duration of our hackathon. But it felt to me like a motivational speech, where you feel empowered for about 20 minutes and maybe a couple of hours after, but then the next day you wake up and as, it's as if the speech never happened. So I didn't want that to happen with the superposition experience, and I knew that we had the platform and the connections to do something big. So starting in March, we expanded to new initiatives, such as our webinar series, which so far has hosted around 25 events with 2,600 participants. We've also expanded to a chapter program and currently have 23 chapters across four countries. We're in the process of chartering a couple more, so that's been pretty exciting. A few days ago, we launched our mentorship program in partnership with Uber, so members of our community will have the opportunity to be mentored by Uber employees who can show them about their career and education paths. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the next few months as well. Can't give too much away, but can't wait to announce it. I met you like a week ago, and I like, I'm feeling proud, you know, like that, that these student-led organizations are doing so much. And that's another thing. It's like, we discussed this already a little bit, but the idea that people get, you know, as as if there's very few opportunities and that people are all trying to get to one of them, you know, and like, I think the idea that we can all support each other's successes as student organizations is so important. It's a reason I'm doing this podcast as well. Like your Uber partnership is so huge. And I know that a lot of organizations might be like, oh my gosh, I need to do that too. But it's, you know, it's like you're making a difference through it, and that should be what really matters, like overall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I've heard a lot about, you know, everything that you're doing and everything that, like, a lot of things that you faced along the way. And do you have any, like, big, huge takeaways from what you've worked on so far? That might be, like, a really broad question, but 
you know, things that you've learned from your work, from being a woman leader, from any of that, like as a whole? Yeah, I have so many takeaways just in the past year. So I'll start off with some personal takeaways. The first is realizing that I have value that I can contribute to other people. And that's something that I really discovered with Ad Astra, that I had a lot of experiences that other people might not have the opportunity to experience or it might take them a long time. So I'm able to help people with my experiences. But secondly, I also realized that I'm a strong leader and when I'm passionate about something, I can truly get it done. With Superposition, when I took over, at first I had no idea what I was doing. I was offered the position of lead director, and though I wasn't extremely confident in my abilities to pull off a great hackathon, I went in there and tried my best and made sure to learn along the way. And that's what led to me helping to put on a successful hackathon, being a much more confident leader, and being able to spearhead all of these new initiatives. Another thing I've realized, this is in relation to the student nonprofit problems that we've discussed, as in people copying one another. I'm a strong advocate for having a growth mindset and always looking to go above and beyond, but that should never come at the expense of other people. So one of my biggest takeaways is that as you grow, you should grow with empathy. You should always keep others in mind and make sure what you are doing is not causing more harm than good. And a couple of ways you can show empathy in your growth is thinking about the positive and negative consequences of your actions. Perhaps you're supporting a cause in a positive way, but by creating a new organization, you might be taking away resources from other organizations that are more established that you could actually contribute to instead. Another way is paying it forward. Instead of keeping all of your experiences, connections, and whatnot to yourself, you could try sharing that with other people so that they can create impact in their communities as well. And one really, really important takeaway that I've learned is that, one, your followers does not equal your impact. And a lot of people conflate the two of them, and I think that's absolutely wrong because followers are a way to amplify your impact, but they're not the impact yourself themselves. And in addition, not everything is about numbers. I, re I used to wish that we had thousands and thousands of followers or that 250 people would come to our hackathon, but I realized that that satisfaction really came from the number rather than the action I was doing. I realized that the true impact of superposition was actually being able to bring girls into STEM and making them feel more confident, things that can't necessarily be quantified. So when imagining your impact for your organization, I recommend thinking beyond the numbers and really focusing on how you are helping people, even if it's in a way that cannot be quantified. That was so well said. I, I agree with all of it, especially the part where it's like, you know, your followers don't mean that you're having a better impact than an organization with less followers or something like that. Like, it doesn't display how much work you're doing, like your social media and your, and like, say, like, if you had like 50 per people versus like 75 people at your organization, like event, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not doing enough. That just means that that's how many people you're impacting on that given day. So yeah, I just like, I love everything that you said there. Do you just have any final words like, you know, um, like how to get involved with either of your organizations or final advice and all of that if you want to just like go ahead whenever you're ready? Yeah, so, so for getting involved with my organizations, there's a couple of great opportunities right now. For Ad Astra, we're always open to consultations. So check out our Instagram at Ad Astra Youth. And 
go to the link in bio, you're going to be able to schedule a free consultation with my partner and I, and we'll give you personalized feedback about how you can grow your organization. For superposition, we have a lot of webinars going on right now. This month, we're going to have five virtual opportunities for students to be guided through the college admissions process. And we also have applications for our team and chapters out now. So if anybody listening is interested in getting involved with Superposition, those are the best ways to do it. Check out our Instagram at SuperpositionFC. But lastly, if anybody has any questions for me or just wants to talk about anything in life, then feel free to email me, stephanie at superposition.tech or DM me at steph.su on Instagram. Great. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking to you today and I can't wait to see everything that your organizations accomplish. Thank you so much. I had a great time having this conversation with you, and I can't wait to see how leadership grows. And with that, we'll close out this episode. Remember to follow at Lead Hership Conference and at Superposition FC on Instagram and get involved with our missions. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next Sunday here on the Lead Hership Podcast. Wear your masks, social distance, and stay safe until we see you next.